Blog Talk Radio. Yo, mic check, mic check. <laughs> what's up, what's up, man? We back. And, uh, <laughs> so, we told y'all last time that we would never leave y'all for that long um, again. And technically, we told the truth. We just didn't say it was. We just didn't say we was. Uh, we wasn't gonna leave y'all for a long time ever again. <laughs> but we back, man. It's me, Darren Clore, the pie pipe. Oh, ooh, I think I really got to stop saying that. Now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop with that one here, man. That's, that's not good stuff mm. right now. Mm, my bad, my bad, my bad. Nah, but man, me, Darren Clore, my brother Eric Thomas, we bike. This is the last second shot podcast. Eric, what's up? Hey, I'm just glad that we back on this air. Like, technically, like you said, technically, we didn't leave y'all for six months, you know, like we did last time. So, you know, it was just half that. They said it didn't take out the truth. It takes out the truth. It's not going to leave y'all for that long again. You know, that's off a great summer. Hey, we, we just found out see, we a, a, a five-month run at number one on Blog Talk Bad. Five months? Five months strong, man. It's, it's, that's a blessing. 10,000 listeners last year. All tuned in to hear the kids, hear the kids talk about girls basketball. If I was a hater, I would throw a shot right now. But I'm too, I'm too classy for that. <laughs> nah, man. Um, really, thank you for listening. This is season three, the third installment. This is the third installment, guys. So, um, man, we got a loaded show for y'all. Um, we're going to talk about the summer. I had a good summer. I had a good summer. Um, Eric had a good summer as well. But we're also going to talk about we're also going to talk about some recruiting news. Um, it's been a busy few days for a lot of 2019s and um, you know, the commitments are rolling out now. And it is really time to get into that. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, you've seen that we've uh, hinted at there's going to be an addition to the boys, um, to the last second shot with the boys' side. Um, we're going to have Jeff McKinney on, and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on on the boys' side. Um, and, uh, you know, that that should be exciting. Um, you know, this is the voice of girls basketball. Hey, real quick, like I said, it's very important that you follow us um on Twitter. The uh the Twitter handle is last second shot underscore. Um got big got big things coming. Um uh, make sure you follow my brother Eric Thomas, quiet underscore storm thirty. Um and then myself as well, sports spoken real. Um so, how was your summer, Eric? 
Yeah, Mark Henry was really good, actually, really, really good. Um, you know, did a lot, you know, especially rolling with, you know, one nation, of course. You know, that's uh, most stupid. But, uh, you know, you got a chance to get better as a coach and, you know, enjoy the, the South, you know, for, for July. You know what I'm saying? How was yours? Uh, you know what? I actually had a good summer. Um, so a lot of people might not have seen this this summer. I know a lot of people have different schedules than we were on. Um, we were out of town a lot. Oh my god, <laughs> it got to the point where I was just like, man, I just want to be home. Um, and um, I, I really had a good summer, man. I um, as far as coaching, I think I I think I coached some of the more under-the-radar kids um, in the state um, as far as the kids that were on my team. Um, and that was, that was, that was a real joy. That, that, that was fun for me because um, I got to see kids find their confidence, um, show me things that I didn't know they could do. So, you know, that, that was fun for me. Um, man. What's what was your favorite part about the summer though? Would you say? Uh, that's hard. That's real hard to pick, man. I mean, the you know the I actually enjoyed the driving. You know, technically didn't drive, but the lot you know the the scenic stuff. You know, I know that sounds corny, but you know, has but from seeing all not only just listening to it, but just seeing a baby of good basketball around the country, period. You know what I'm saying? That that was that was probably the most fun. It was just seeing you know coaches against great players and great teams and watching great players and great teams. That's probably the best part of my family. Yeah. And um yeah, so I mean we did speak again. Um we did well. We went to Chicago, but it wasn't Chicago. Um, what was the name of that city? Uh, Romeoville. Romeoville. Um, we did Romeoville this year. Um, Louisville. Um, of course, Eric was in Atlanta, Charlotte. Um, then we went to the border battle, um, which, and that's a great place to start the border battle, um, which just took place um, last week. Um, and man, that was a it was a pretty um, it was a pretty live event. Um, you know, uh, of course, a, a lot of kids uh, a, a lot of kids was coming straight off of the road um, to the border battle, um, and, and you know all the Michigan kids that that came for the most part um, they they did their thing. Ohio had some some really good players as well and good showings. But let's just talk about it, man. Whoever put that 2019 team together with Janae Terry, Julia Arrow, Rakia Jackson, uh, Demaya uh, Hagman, who's a 2021, um, Shalana Wagner, uh, uh, um, Ali Van Timmen, Liza Winston. Um, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, but you, if you were there, you know the team that I'm talking about. Listen. That was unfair. 
That was unfair. It, <laughs> and and uh, as soon as oh, and Kate MacArthur was on that team as well. Um, and yeah, I, I named everybody with Kate. Um, so that was just unfair. As soon as they told me what team that was um, being put together, I for sure knew nobody. There was nothing that Ohio could cook up to to beat that team. Nothing. Not one team. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, oh, they're, they're going to win every single game uh, today. Um, and and they definitely did. And it, it's weird because um, a lot of those kids, um, some of the lineups that, that were out there just had not played together before, and they just clicked. Um, they clicked, and it looked really easy. The first game, they scored 98 points, uh, almost 100 um, and, and then the game that everybody anticipated, which um, was kind of a, a version of it was kind of a version of, of Ohio's answer to that squad, um, with, with Zaya Cook leading the way. Um, that game got ugly as well. Um, it, they just they showed complete dominance, and you know. I, not even being funny, I just after a while I was I was interested to see the highlights, you know that that would come about. But after a while, I just wanted to go watch the other the other teams play because you know I, I wasn't interested in you know just seeing them pile it on. Um, that team that team's great. That team's great. Now if if they wanted to get if they wanted to get greedy, they could have put Whitney Solom on that team. She was there. She was there, but again, that's only if they there. wanted to get greedy. She was there. That would have made it completely unfair. That would have been adding uh, uh adding like the incredible hope to the Justice League or something, you know, something crazy like that. Like that's that's how I'm saying it would be. Like, I don't, as I said before, I, I, I don't see a team, I don't see a state that could put together, despite besides, uh, and me and Ben had this conversation over here, probably besides, you know, because of size, you know, Texas, Florida, California, I don't see any other state that could probably put a team that could beat that, that, that 19 team that Michigan put together. It would be very hard. I mean, it would be very hard for any state to put together. It was about 10. Yeah, it's a... I would be very hard. I I, I have a hard time seeing any other state putting together 10 kids that can can mesh like that. Because it wasn't just, okay, let's just put the top 10 kids in the state on one team and let him go. No, that team was perfectly built. The parts fit. The parts really fit. So whoever came up with that team, because there's a couple people learning playing for that, whoever came up with it, you know, good job. <laughs> Great job. But um, uh, also, I mean, also, like, outside of that team, because, I mean, 
and we were just talking about top performers. That whole team is just top performers. Um, the other kids who were there, uh, you know, that, that had special showings. And, and this is a little bit funny because um, this is actually one of Eric's kids. Um, and, you know, I was just sitting there watching. And, you know, it's a showcase event, but it was, it was weird. Rosaria Franklin, the way she started off her first game, I think she, I think she had like maybe 15 points in the first three, three or four minutes, um, everything was working for her. I've never, I, I can honestly say I've never seen this at a showcase event. Um, a coach calls a timeout and, and does a, a run and, and draws up a run and jump defense. I, I've, I've never seen that in a showcase. <laughs> like, who does that in the showcase? I was like, come on, man. Come. Like, you know, of course, I mean, you know, I'm still in coach mode, so I'm like, come on, let let her get her let 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 her get her let her get her game off, man. And, and yeah, nah, he wasn't having it. I mean, they they threw a double team at her every time she touched the ball, um, but she was still able to escape the double team, find the open teammates. Um, the handle was working. There wasn't too many teams that they played where it was somebody who was going to stay in front of her. Um, you, you know, the One Nation page uh, just retweeted uh, the highlights from uh, for Rosario Franklin from uh, from the border battle, and, and let me tell you that <laughs> she 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 was deep into her bat um, as far as um, you know things she was doing with the ball on sat on Saturday in Toledo. Um, yeah, that that was. I can't lie to you that that was something special, but we're talking just we're talking about like somebody who I never saw ever play i didn't I didn't necessarily hear about her either um until we stepped foot um into the gym on Saturday. How about uh the Howman kid? She's gonna be a freshman um this year as well. Um, I think she's going to go to Comstock Park. I think I read that. Um, listen, she's about six three right now. Um, just you weren't you weren't going to score over her. And who she reminded me of is uh, a Tyler Bennett type, as far as what she did on defense and the way she got up and down the court. Um, you know, didn't didn't show a lot of post moves, but man, listen when I tell you. I just didn't see a better help defender in the gym. And, and you know it's crazy when you leave a showcase and you're like, that girl's really a great help defender. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, people focused on buckets and, and, and things of that nature. But that kid right there is a really good big girl prospect because um, she kind of has the basics down already. So that's something – I mean, that's somebody to look out for that. But, yeah. Now another, you know, we probably already mentioned we already, we already mentioned her earlier, but Whitney Salem really had a really good showing at the water battle. Like I like that kid is probably the best big girl in the state. She she showed everything from 
you know, the, me and Darren both spent time watching her there. She shows, the, you know, what she already shows she can do is just run the floor, block shots, grab, you know, a ton of boards, but also show the outside touch from 15 feet out, picking, not only picking and rolling, but picking, you can work a pick and pop with her. And she can play in any system, any style of ball. She can play for any, almost any coach. That kid is not only one of the – not only one of the best, not the only probably the best big in the state, but one of the best players. Man, I, I'll tell you what, that's that's a fun, that's 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 a fundamentally sound person who who. Let me tell you, if you haven't seen her play and you wonder why she got all the offers that she has, just make it to a Heartland game in the fall. You'll see it. It and it is it's really easy, like. She did things at the border battle where I was like, I didn't know she could do that. You know, I mean, um, I saw her extend her range out to three-point land. Uh, The post moves, just really simple, really simple and hard. Rebounds, putbacks. Um, You don't see her miss too often at the rim. Um, It's... It, it that's that's a that's a high major player as a freshman. I, I think you can. There's no doubt um, that the Michigan Michigan State offers they're all warranted. Yes, they are. They are very warranted. Very very warranted. And you know, like Darren always tell me, you're six three, athletic, and just know what you can do you're probably going to pull in a lot of offers. Yeah, yeah but, but when you're 6'3 athletic and know what you can do, and what you can do is a lot, you're going to pull in some really, really good offers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, so definitely, you know, I, I do feel like uh, Whitney Solomon is, is she, I mean, she's a major stock, right? I mean, it, her stock was already high, but I think in that 2020 class, it, it's time to talk. You know, some people, some people had her at two, um, and you know, obviously, I'm not a scouting service, um, but I do see my fair share of prospects. Um, Matt, if you wanted to make the case, if she's number one. You definitely could. You, I mean, you you definitely could. It, it's twenty nineteen and twenty twenty is loaded, but man, that's crazy. Very loaded. That that's that, that's crazy. Twenty nine. I um I I said it I said it um on Twitter, and Saturday I was like the twenty nineteen class is is very similar to the twenty seventeen class, but it might be deeper. Just maybe. I can I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Now, obviously, time will tell, but the way it's looking right now, you, you, you're not on the wrong track. You're not the, the on the wrong track that The only difference is 2019 had um, less hype than 2017 did going into their freshman years. But now – yes. You know what I'm saying? Now it's kind of like, oh, oh, 
I mean, like, people in the 2019 class who you didn't really think, you know, their freshman year, cause, you know, they're still on, on the teams with all of the 2017s. Their freshman year, you're like, eh, they cool. They all right. Now they're asserting themselves. They're 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 starting to show that swagger. High major offers are coming in. Um, you know, high major offers are coming in. You're, you're starting to see that. Oh, you got that in your bag. You you can do that in your game. Um, I mean, like of course, Rakia Jackson is top uh, twelve or eleven in the nation in her class via ESPN. Um, you know, Leia Hartman. I mean. She's continue her uh, bringing in of the offers, um, and then uh, you got to look at Janae Terry. Um, she's she's gotten seven offers in the last forty eight hours or so. Um, Destiny Schroeder, really good. Um, it it's it's top heavy. But the the deeper you get, you be like, oh yeah, she's good. She can be a D one player. Because now, you know, um, if you look at if you look at um, the different AAU organizations, their 2019 teams, a lot of them are carrying two 2019 teams because it, it's it's so hard to cut that type of talent. I mean, you look at you look at the Storm. Um, they had their infamous TNT team that had a lot of 2019 and 2020s. Um, and then they had another team um, that was coached um, by Nate Brown um, that had just 2019. And, and you had your Steel Sisters. You had the Olivia Moores. Um, and you had your Tierra Ernestes. Um, and then you look at uh, Eric's team that he had um, over the summer. And you had a Raya Powell, uh, which since last year I've been saying, you know, she's one of the better players in the PSL. Um, and she started getting that national attention. So 2019 class, man, that's that's something to look out for. But, hey, Eric. What's up? A-L-E. So, look, man, um, you know, we told the people we were going to have a special guest on. Uh, you know him, I know him. Uh, the whole city probably know him, man. Uh, I got we got our brother Jeffrey McKinney on the line, a contributor to Prep Prep Hoops Michigan. What's up, Josh? What's good, dog? Fellas, fellas, what's going on, fellas, fellas? Man, I man, can't call him. How y'all doing? Man, I'm good. Man, you back in the state? I'm back in the state, man. That long, Man. grueling July month is finally over. It's time for some basketball in the state of Michigan. So, you know, set in definitely. I didn't hear you. Man, so I said, I said, jet set in Jeff. You think so? You know, Jeff be messing around. You know, he was in Vegas. He probably had the Jordan Jet. You know, yeah, that's no, no. <laughs> well, no, connected. not at all, not at all. I, I, it's still <laughs> slow motion, but it's better than no motion, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So, so you know, I, I was telling the people, man, we, we trying to we trying to branch this thing out to the boys, man. And, and of course, like I said, you do good work with prep uh, prep who's Michigan, man. So, you know, what was as far as what's happening on the boys' side, like. 
like who who as far as July or the whole summer who really made made themselves a, a name for themselves and put themselves in a good position. One of the biggest talks of you know the whole spring and summer session, the kid named uh, Harlan Beverly, about a six three six four kid out of Southfield Christian. Uh, he he spent his uh, freshman year at Detroit Jesuit uh, on the JV team. He transferred over to uh, Southfield Christian. They made it all the way to the uh, championship game, and they lost. But he he blew up. He had an amazing uh, spring and summer session. You know, uh, got some national recognition. You know, uh, national recognition. Uh, you know, just one of those kids. You know, can shoot the ball really well. Basically, with him is is one of those things. Well, you know, what doesn't he do well? You know, he, he's one of the one of the names that really. Blew up. Uh, Harlan Harlan has a bright future. Uh, really well mannered kid as well. So I think it'll go a long way for him. Uh, you know, just just getting a look at uh, you know high major schools. You know, he, he got some max schools on him as well. So you know, the, the sky is the limit for him. Man, so so I mean, he's what a uh, uh, going into his junior year. Yep, twenty nineteen kid. Yep, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen kid. That's 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 crazy. Me and Eric, right before you came on, we was talking about how the twenty nineteen uh, class was deep on the girls' side. Um, I mean, is it kind of the same on, on the boys' side? That twenty nineteen uh, class is starting to seem like it's, you know, is it, it has a lot of depth to it in the state. Well. With with with, uh, with the you know state of Michigan on the boys side, we we finally getting back to you know getting that national recognition. I want to say we got five or six recruits in the 2018 class that are um, you know uh, Big Ten Big Ten uh, recruits. You know you, so many kids getting their recruitment done early. Uh, Travion Williams mm-hmm. to Purdue, um, Foster Lawyer to Michigan State, Marcus Bingham to Michigan State, Brandon Johns to Michigan. Taylor Curry to Michigan, Dave DeJulius to Michigan. So you got six, seven recruits. Gabe Brown to Michigan State. So you got six or seven recruits, you know, in that top ten, you know, <laughs> that got it, that really got a chance, you know, to, to to make it happen on the collegiate level. You know, so we, we're finally getting that recognition. But to answer your question, 2019 classes, you know, starting to shape up. You know, you know, it's, it's the halfway point for these kids. So it's getting to that junior year. You want to see if these guys – are gonna, you know, who's gonna fall off and who's gonna continue to emerge? But definitely got a lot of potential in that 2019 class. Uh, I, I, wa- I honestly want to say after the top ten, you know, you kind of had your drop off, but you got, you kind of got, uh, you know, ten guys in that class that you pretty much know have a chance to play some pretty, pretty special ball. But you know, you got, you got guys in that 20-30 range that you know you still want to see, and you know the jewelry is still out on. But definitely. A class, you know, with with some with some major players. Uh, got a kid named Drew Louder, five uh, eight. Mm-hmm. Eric, I, I think you know the kid, five eight out of uh, Ann Arbor Pioneer. You know, just emerging. Yeah, he just out. picked up his first. Yep, he just picked up his first two offers uh, out of the MAC. Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So you know, kid, kid is really, really smooth. And like I said, I, I keep referring to E, but he got that you know game that E like. You know, he he got the handle real shifty, can score real well. So definitely, you know, he's a kid. You definitely want to keep your eyes on in that 2019 class. You got guys like uh, Romeo Wings and Terry Armstrong. You know, who, who have who have really 
you know, names have really started to emerge. Uh, Mark Rocket Watts out of Old Redford, probably got the most offers in the state. Six three shooter, you know, can can light you up real quick. So you know, definitely we, that class definitely has a chance to to shape out into some really good prospects as well. Now, 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 now I want to hold you to the I want to hold you to the fire a little bit, Mister McKinney. So okay, okay, you know. Why you know watching the spring and summer you know sessions? Who do you think had the best team as far as just the best you know just the best A team in this state? You know we hear about you know one nation had a late run in July. You know um, getting they to did. the Kudos to the to them. went into the you know went in the uh, best of the Midwest, and we hear about the family 15U that won Peach Jam, and it seems like they can't lose. So who do you think had the best team? Honestly, I, I, I'll go age group. Uh, you know, I'll start off with the 15U, definitely bar none, that family team, top three team in the country. You know, you that, what what can you say about that team? Uh, Jaleesa Terry, who's at St. Bonaventure, her younger brother uh, Jalen Terry is that next big-time guard out of Flint Beach. So he, he, he's the point guard. He runs the show for that team. Special team, man, special team. You know, uh, Isaiah Jackson, you know, 6'8 type. Guy, he, I'm not now. Nah, now, nah, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here and gonna say he's Josh Jackson, but you know, with the tools and the size, uh, you know, like I said, it looks effortless at times with him playing. Then you know, you got you got guys like Ernie Sanders, who's a shooting guard out of Flint Beecher, who you know, who bouncy, athletic. You know, that team just had the full package, man. And and I definitely have to say that there are. The, the like one of the best teams we've seen in Michigan in the past four or five years, man. If that team stays together, because you guys know how AAU and, and high school basketball goes, you know, on that summer level, man, I, I just can see some some major things happening for that team. Um, they, I think I want to say they lost one game in July. They lost one game in July. They won three tournaments. Uh, you know, like 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 you know, as noted, they won the Peach Jam. They won the best of the Midwest tournament in Grand Rapids, and they finished out at the uh, Grassroots Nationals in Fort Wayne. But that that team is special, man. And, and you know, being being a fan of basketball, you know, there there's nothing that you can say really bad about that team because they got some go getters. They got I want to say four or five players with Division One offers. You know, and, and for the boys side, that's unheard of at such a young age. So. Definitely that family 15U team uh, for the 15U level was definitely the team that, you know, stood out by far. Um, on the 16U level, uh, I probably have to end up going with the Reach Legends, you know, uh, uh, another team with uh, five or six Division One guys. And guys that weren't highly touted, you know, prior to the AAU season, you know, the dudes that just got their first offer, you know, in the, in the April and May session, so and headed into July, so you got you got guys like Carrington McCaskill and Chandler Turner out of Renaissance, uh, Lauren Bowman out of Detroit Western, um, Daniel Friday out of University of Detroit Jesuit, you know, Carlin Beverly, guys that just just emerged really and truly, at, you know, as the spring session came, you know, uh, another fun team to watch, athletic, you know, get up and down the floor, track meet type style. Um, blocking shots off the backboard, tip dunks, you know, got that happy medium of size and, and guard play, you know, so I definitely have to say Reese 
is the top 16 youth team that I watched all spring and summer. 17U. Um, yeah, you really put me on a fire with this one because we had some pretty good teams in the state on the 17U level. Um, but I really will probably have to say that on the 17U level, forget it, I'll just say it, I'll probably have to go with the family as well. You know, another another group of guys. You know, they had a, a mix of, of, of guys from the west side, guys from the east side, you know, um, Trey Meow Williams, Gabe Brown, Dwayne Washington, you know, all guys that have a chance to be Big Ten recruits. Um, Trey Meow, who was committed to Purdue, Gabe, you know, as I said before, is committed to Michigan State, Dwayne Washington, with 25-plus offers, one of the top recruits in the Midwest. You might, you, you probably have to go with the family. You, although they didn't make Peach Jam, uh, you know, you you got to get them that nod probably, and then you got to look at One Nation as well. You got to look at One Nation. You know they upset that team in Grand Rapids with with the backcourt. That that backcourt is electric. I know you guys know you guys got a microscope on them guys too. Lamar Norman and uh, you know uh, Brandon Wade and Jacavian Lewis. You know they had a pretty fun group to watch. You know just just a bunch of gritty guys. You know they that team. You know seven to eight deep. You know they they gonna play defense. They gonna get out and make it happen too. So. I think it was a pretty good year for grassroots basketball in Michigan. We got a chance, man. If you know, we we keep this thing on one accord. You know, this is one of the years we had this thing on one accord. You know, and made it more about the kids. And good things happen, man. A ton of kids getting offers. Ton of kids getting exposure. You know, you gotta you gotta look out for a lot of those teams. You know, you know, in the near future, making things happen. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And and I I saw you know. Because obviously me and Eric stay on the girls' side um, a, a little bit more, um, but you know I, I saw a lot of chatter about like man this was probably one of the better years because it was like the least drama uh, as far as like you know the the outside of it and that, that's always a good thing to uh, to see. Um, but you know as we go ahead and uh, let you go, Jeff. Um, okay. It's kind of a, a bit of a more lighthearted question, but it, it's serious though because people. Somebody told me this um, in Toledo, um, in, in Toledo, and you know I agree with them. I haven't even told Eric about this conversation yet, but I agree with them. Okay. Um, so the a parent came up to me and was like, "You know what? Last year I used to think that you were." She was talking to me. She said, I used to think that you were the crazy, aggressive one. And um, she was like, but, you know, this year, Eric is actually more crazy than you. So, you know, <laughs> she was like, she was like you, you actually a little bit more calm. Now, because, like I said, you, you know both of us. Would you agree that I'm the calmer one now? Oh, man. Well, you know, you know me, and, uh, me and Eric work together as well. So, uh, you know, me and him are, are that happy mix. You know, I, I think I'm the crazy aggressive one. He's the laid back one. But I will say, um, looking, <laughs> uh, looking, looking look at, 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 you know, how I've seen you guys. I might have to say, Eric's beating you out this time, man. I, I think he's beating you <laughs> out. He, he, I think he, I think he got you. I think he passed you. Now, don't get me wrong. You had the moments, but I, I, if, if it was my vote for this year, I'd probably have to go with E, man. I probably have to go with E, but 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 you know, 
needless to say, you know, I know he means well, and I know, you know, he, <laughs> but you know, I, de- you know, he definitely sometimes that you know he can get out of pocket, but you know, I know, I know November's getting ready to come back around, and you know, girl season getting ready to jump back off, so I know he 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 gonna tone it back down a little bit, so you know, he might leave it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> see, when it, see, here's the thing. Like, when it gets hot, I don't give a crap when it's hot. So, you know, in the winter, I'm all, you know, I'm cool because it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got time to be popping off like that. And when it's cold, like, it's, that takes too much. See, in the heat, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, I don't care. I just really don't. Like, y'all, by that time, people are comfortable with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know, y'all know me now. Y'all know me Definitely. now. Nah, you know, nah, it's not like you make but Darren, no, but, see, but watch, but see, watch, Darren gonna see, ain't nobody take Darren off yet. Oh, see, <laughs> that's people gotta understand, man. D got, D got some stuff in the works, man. And if it pop off for him, y'all gonna definitely see that crazy for him. Y'all definitely gonna see that crazy for him. Y'all definitely gonna see it. See, I'm going back to Just R&D in the winter. <laughs> I'm going. Oh, back yeah, I already know what time it is. Yeah, the, you know, going for the winter. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Going for the winter, coming for sure. But but D, man, just make sure you pick your glasses up, man. Make sure you pick your man, glasses up if you you know if it, if it get hectic. If it get hectic. <laughs> of course, man. But all right, hey Jeff, man, we gonna let you get out of here. Hey, we we hope uh we hope we can get get your your show on the last second shot network uh popping off pretty soon, man. The people oh, want to see that. Definitely, definitely look out for it. You know, it, it's definitely coming in the winter. Look out for last second shot, the boys' edition. We gonna set it up and, and look for me to come back on the girls' show as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Have a good one, bro. Definitely, fellas. Y'all take it easy. All right, you too, man. Peace. Thanks for coming. All right, fellas. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, that that was Jeff um, saying that. Uh, Eric is for sure the, the crazy one, and I appreciate that, everybody. Cause, um, Hold up, hey, I, I want to know. So, Darren, e. if you told e. that line, you like, call in now. Man, listen, uh, the person who told me that is going to remain anonymous. <laughs> they they will not be shamed. But here's 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 something fun that we can do. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start a Twitter poll. Um, people, who do you think got the most texts this year, me or Eric? Oh man, like, dude, <laughs> don't don't even don't even go there with that one. We all know the answer to that one. Do we? We know the answer. Do we really? We know the answer. Yeah, we do. I'm not sure if we do. Honestly, did I get that many texts? So, hold on. We keep losing his mic. We keep losing his mic. Oh. Now we losing the bike now. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, for real, for real. I I didn't hear anything that you said. I uh, should I tell the Indiana story? The Indiana story. The Indiana story. The Indiana story. Go ahead. 
Okay. So they're in a heated Bears team is in a heated battle. This is with you know the the the, the great Miss Apple Jones, our you know our head of One Nation, <laughs> sitting oh, on the bench weird. with him, sitting on the bench with this guy. So I apparently one of one of his players gets fouled. There's no call. He the other team is in the middle of a fast break. He runs out onto the court and stops the fast break, blocks the girl's shot. I forgot what happened. He blocked the shot of intercepting <laughs> pass or something like that and stopped wow. the whole fast break. Like, wow. now, from that story, we can probably tell, you know, y'all can probably decipher who got the most text this summer. Wow. Well, I, I will that. I will say that I did get a text at Spies. Um I will also say that Spies is one of the worst officiated tournaments um, that you can go to. The Lady Jim Rats Invitational is one of the worst officiated tournaments you can possibly go to. Is that is that a stretch? Is that a stretch, Eric? I, I'm sorry. That is a fact. Okay, it's a fact. That is a very true fact. So, right before, and backstory is very important. Um, right before the game um, that we played, our 17U team, or our other 17U team, I should say, um, played the elite team. They played the same team. It was their elite team versus our elite team. And it was a controversial ending. Um, The periscope was up. If you saw it, you saw it. It was a controversial ending where um, basically the clock did not start. The referees let the play go on, and then they ran the clock after the shot was made. And it was very controversial. The referee said I was the one that let it happen. And so we had a few choice words because, what anyway? I'm always I'm all for the record. I'm always gonna have um, my players' backs. That's one. Two. The very next game on the same court with those same refs was my team versus that same team's eleventh uh, grade team. So you can imagine how that went. It's a little heated. Um, but what you're not going to do is you're not going to pull my kid out of the air. And as the referee, you're not going to sit there and, and let it happen. So I just politely wanted to go onto the court and talk to the referees. I thought I had called a timeout. Whatever. Did it happen to stop their fast break? Yes, it definitely did. That's not, that's not me. Well, that's not my fault. They gave me a text. But, you know, things happen. Eric ran up. Eric ran all the way up a, a sideline in Ypsilanti. <laughs> but I didn't get that. He, he got up the sideline as, as, as fast as maybe Eliza Winston. 
we don't know who Eliza Winston is, she's probably the fastest player in the state. Uh, Eric ran that fast up the sideline. But, but I didn't get a tech. You should have. I didn't get a tech. You should. You should have. I, I think. I think the referee was his uncle or something. That's what he told me. See, and, and, and that's, the way that was rough in that thing. game, he had to be. He. I, I must have pissed him off at the, at the family <laughs> reunion or something, dude. And, and that's that's the thing. Like, people always try to paint me as the villain, but they never, like, they never want to admit that. Like the refs egged me on. I think I only got two techs all year. One tech was me running going to the court, and the other one was, of course, our our warm up tournament. Um, our warm up tournament in uh, the start of July at Depsa, and now that yeah, that one was bad. That that one was bad. I really felt bad after that <laughs> because you know. I felt like my kids were being slighted again, which I, I don't think there's a coach out there who just can sit by and let certain things happen. And so, you know, the ref told me the ref told me that, you know, it wasn't a foul and I got mad, I slapped the ball across the court. But listen, you know, things happen. Nobody ever got on Pat Summit's case about her text. Bobby Knight threw a chair on the court. We celebrate him. Can I live? Jesus. <laughs> but but by the way, um, if you've seen the poll. Um, on Twitter that I did create, and we'll revisit this at the end of the uh, we'll revisit this at the end of the the show. Um, Eric is currently leading in the who do you think got more text uh, field. <laughs> he actually he actually has a hundred percent of the votes, or actually he has he has eighty percent of the votes. So. Look, in five years, I've been coaching for five, going on six years, and I haven't got one. You're right. I probably, probably, probably a couple times last. I can I can think of some, I can think of some very explicit things that you said on the sideline to referees that that you didn't get a tech. And here's why I think I'm picked with in the women's basketball world because not this season, but the season before this, I they tried to give me a tech for waving down my player. Okay. In that same game, Eric used a profanity laced uh he used a profanity laced um phrase to describe the referee, and it was very loud as well. And there was there was no whistle. There wasn't even a glance. Tell y'all, man, Eric be paying off refs. I'll pay. I'm too broke to do that. Boy, if you don't get, <laughs> I'm too broke, man. I'm too broke to man. do that. 
I look better than Four Slows Barbecue. Dang, Slows sound good. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, as the AAU season um, comes to an end, um, you know what's interesting or more interesting about this? And um, I've also addressed this on my Twitter. Um, I don't go in depth about a lot of things that I say on my own personal Twitter because uh, I like for y'all to tune in and, and hear more of what I have to say. Um, we were just sitting here talking to Jeff about the twenty-eight, or excuse me, the uh, different classes and how they're starting to shape up. What's weird is most AAU programs um, this year were very young. Um, you couldn't find a lot of 17 or 16 U teams um, with with just all 28 teams. Um, I can think of the, the Storm. Their 17 U was all 28 teams. Other than that, um, all of the major uh, organizations in Michigan went young this year. Um, the Mystics, a really good young, uh, a really good young top team. Um, One Nation, pretty much all 2019s except uh, Camry Clegg and Ashley Premis uh, crossover. Um, same thing, really, besides Kayla Webb and and who? Udicia Beck. Right, and uh, Beck, um, um, am I I leaving out somebody? I I don't want to be that person. Um, I don't think so. So, I mean, yeah, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of ways that, you know, people view the 2018 class is it, it's top heavy, like the top three or four, really good. But then there's there's a drop off um, because one, there's just not a lot of 2018s participating, um, and, and it's crazy because that's a trend in all sports um, where you know 2018 recruiting class, you're kind of like, hmm, I don't really know, but I mean, you don't really know what you're getting, you don't know if it's deep, you don't know if it's, you know, just top-heavy. Um, but saying all of that to say, it's almost that time. And, of course, we're going to go into this as, as the the podcast progresses through the high school season. But if you had to pick three finalists for Miss Basketball today, who would it be? Um, only Only three. Now, of course, it's going to be five, but you can only pick three. Three? I'm sorry to say this is too easy. Well, the first two are easy. That's Camry Clegg and Kayla Webb. Point guards, one, both five, three, one from Wayne Memorial in One Nation, the other one from Detroit Country Day in Michigan Crossover. Now, the third one, that's where it gets fuzzy. But I'm going to go with Maddie Waters from CCE and Williamson. 
her her resume is comparable to anybody's in that class. You know, you want to talk numbers, she has those. You want to talk achievements, she has those. Too. And her team always goes deep in the tournament. You know, last year being one game away from the Breslin, so her resume is about as comparable as anybody's. Before you go further, is Williamson in favor to win Class B? On the spot. On the spot. Yes. They're my favorite. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. So now let me give my three. Uh, and I do think the, I I do think the first two are no brainers, right? Kayla Webb, two time ch- uh, state champion. Um, Camry Clegg, her former teammate, who was on that Country Day team. Um, obviously transferred before uh, the state championship run and now, you know, has developed a winning culture at Wayne. Um, Those are the two best players in 2018, without a doubt. Um, If you want to debate me, we can do that too. Um, But, you know, you'll lose that debate. Um, And the third one is loaded, right? Because it could be Jada Hampton, right? Now, she doesn't have the numbers. Um, she has a playoff run. Um, that was her sophomore year uh, when, when it was her and Tara McCutcheon and um, the Nye sisters hadn't came to, um, you know, they hadn't came to prominence as they have now um, back then. But, um Obviously, that run that that Jada and Taryn had together uh, was without a doubt um, really good, but they did not get to the Breslin. Um, then you have to look at you have to look at Maddie Waters. She puts she puts the numbers up. When you look at her play, um, you know you know for sure um, who who she is. And, and if you help off of her, if you if you blink for a second, if you know if you notice the sweat is in your eyes, she's gonna put up a shot, and it, she's a top three shooter in the state. Let me leave it at that. She she's a top three, maybe top two shooter in the state. Um, that's that's a different argument for a different day though. And then. A lot of people aren't talking about her as a, a Miss Basketball candidate, but I think she's going to surprise people is Kayla Bells, the 6'2 big girl from Ithaca. I mean, I mean that she is, she's going high major? Yeah. Yes. She's, I think yeah, she's going she, out. I mean, she hasn't committed yet, but I'm pretty sure she's going to go out major. Okay. So, I mean, she's a high major player. Um, And I think when that happens and you're considered to be a top, uh, I mean, our our local scouting services have her as a top three uh, prospect. Um, I'm sure when the free press drops and the Detroit News uh, drops their top 100 players, um, I hope, I pray 
um, that she's in that top five, top ten range. Um, we've seen some weird things happen with that. So there's – and it, it, we're only picking three. There's three different people that I would debate could be third with Kayla uh, Kayla Webb and, and Camry Clett. I think that third – I think that third person, though, has to be Madeline Waters, right? Um, you know, she she just put up insane numbers last year. Um, you know, she's big game, too. She's a big game player. Um, she comes down to this side of the state, um, you know, often, or at least, you know, once or twice a year. She she brings her game to this side. So people or coaches who, who are voting on this side, uh, you know, are familiar with her already. You know, I think she has a good a good chance to win it. Um, so my top three would probably be the same as Eric. I'm gonna go Madeline Waters, Camry Clegg, and Kayla Webb. Um, and that's way that's way too early prediction. Um, but also, like I said, you pretty much know the five or six people who are going to be competing for this award when it's all said and done. Um, you know, just being realistic um, about the 2018 class, um, the same people have been dominating, and it hasn't been that much of a debate about a top ten. The only debate has been placement. Now, I hinted at something on Twitter before we, you know, went live the show. I said everybody was saving for the show. I want, you know, talking about classes. Let's talk about this 21 class, okay? And really, I just want to make this bold statement. Anybody who was in the house Saturday, at Owens Community College for the quarterback that they call the, the Maya Hagman, a.k.a. Didi. I call her board advisory because her name is explicit. I think there should you be an agent. You don't call her that. You hey, don't call I, her that. You call her Didi. Hey, she she likes the, she likes never, the name. You've never called her parental advisory. Yes, I, I've been calling her that since like last year. You, every time you refer to her, you call her Didi. I do refer, I never call her by her real name, but I call her Ricky Advice because the stuff she does people is I, I ain't never heard you call her I ain't never heard you call her parental advisory in person. That's just we never around and do it. We room together know. we room together on 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 trips. We've talked about this girl. You call her Dee Dee. Most of the time, but I call the kids in the advisory as well. Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> if y'all see this kid play at any point, forget the the, the board battle. She puts on a show. Her court vision is incredible. Ball handling is amazing. Her jump shot is steadily getting better and better. And the way she plays defense is an attacking physical defense, which you don't see most incoming freshmen play. 
And she showed that when she chose, wasn't asked, was she made the choice to guard the number two point guard in the country, Zaya Cook, who in court on Saturday at the borderline. And did a, and what and I think you agree, she did a pretty good job, right? Um she did an amazing job. And after seeing that, I'm gonna make this bold statement. I've heard and you know, looked at on Twitter and people talk about who's the best, you know, incoming freshman in the country. I think it's Demaya, Edie, Roberto Advice, and Hayden. I really do. I really do think that kid is the best freshman in the country. I really do. I'll stand by that, and I'm probably um, going to stand by that. I'm going to gamble it. I would triple down on this bit. I think she's the best freshman in the country. I don't think there's I, – I haven't seen, and I've seen a, a, quite a few of these 2021s, and I, I, don't, I haven't seen one that's better than her. I really haven't. Well, uh – Listen, I I don't know. Listen, I don't know about anybody else in the country um, as far as the 2021s. Um, I will say, though, that uh, I think, and I think I said this on, on Twitter as well, I think she's a top five point guard in the state with never play, playing an actual high school game yet. Um, so yeah, yeah, she, she is, um, very talented. I think, um, I, I think that, um, her on that depth of team is going to be, um, special, um, you know, cause obviously we expect her to run the show. Um, listen, I, I just, I, I just know for sure. Um, I just know for sure she's special, um, and if she continues on this this path, um, you're probably looking at at the McDonald's All American. If she continues on this path, I guess it is early, um, but you know, there's no reason to to think that she can't do that um, and, and can't continue that uh, that path. But you know, to be a freshman or excuse me, you know, just finishing up your eighth grade year and uh, get on the court and, and play with some of the nation's top juniors um, and, dare I say it, look like the best player on the court when you were out there, um, That that's that's pretty good. But um, real quick, just a branding break. Um, this is the Last Second Shot podcast. Um, make sure y'all are tuned in um, to our Twitter. Um, make sure y'all keep y'all ears peeled uh, because we got something special for y'all tomorrow. Right, Eric? Eric? Yeah. Yeah, we got something special for him tomorrow, right? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. We keep... We, 
Hold on. We we keep we keep having problems with your mic, man. Um, hold on. One second. I'm about to go P Diddy in this joint in a minute. Okay. So, uh, y'all been asking for it. So tomorrow, we uh we we get in we get it in with the uh with the pro, um with the pro and college uh, edition of Blast Second Shot, um. Man, make sure y'all keep your ears peeled. Uh, if you've been following me, you know I've been on the Chicago Sky Beat um, for a lot of the summer. Um, so our pro edition is going to pop off, um, and we're going to have some some special guests uh, for the rest of the year as far as uh, pro and, and college sports go. Um, make sure y'all make sure y'all follow us on the uh, Twitter page, Last Second Shot underscore. Um and uh and stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We kicking that off tomorrow, same time. You know. Y'all been asking for it, we've been hinting at it. Hey, I think it's a perfect then, time to make that move, don't you think? And, and, and definitely. Oh, so just to check in on the on the poll, sixty seven percent think that Eric got more texts than I, and uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all for believing in me. So, that's settled. <laughs> well, here you go. It ain't settled yet. Like the po- it, it, it sort of you get twenty four hours for the poll. So, nah, nah. I only did it for for twenty minutes. So so it would be done by the time the show was done. Well, hey, come on people, keep voting. Hey, keep voting, keep keep cooking, it's over keep cooking Darren's name, man. It's, it's done. The final results are in. Uh <laughs> but uh also uh make sure y'all check out our mistakes. We dropped three this week. Uh two part one and two of the Michigan Ohio border battle, uh and then Ashley Primus. Man, great. A great little mix of of her, and um, she she's another 2018 um, that I feel like is really good. Um, she's on that depth squad, that super depth team, um, and she might kind of get overlooked um, because there's so many high major uh, or, or you know highly touted um, and anticipated underclassmen on that team. Um, but Ashley Primus is just one tough player. She's I think there was a game where she broke her nose and she still played. Like that you know, like that's that's just tough. Um and, and you know y'all y'all go check out her, her mitts. Um her mitts shows a, a lot of, of her game that a lot of people don't uh know she has. Um and you know if you weren't there you know, for the tournaments on the circuit, you wouldn't know. But um, and then of course we we got something. We got something coming a little later tonight. I think we might have another mixtape dropping. Um. Also, you know, I don't mean to to like flood you all with this, uh, but um, last second shot the magazine. 
last second shots. Yes, you heard it right. The magazine, a real life magazine. Um, I don't want to say Hoop Girls reincarnated, but you know, I don't want to say Slam, the girls edition, but you know. Hey, well, we hey we didn't we didn't we didn't talk with everything else. Let's run down the checklist. We done killed the audio with the, with, with, with our podcast that we're doing right now. Check. <laughs> we done did the mixtape. We done took the visual. Check. Time to give, you know, going to the magazine route. Well, a lot of people don't know. I like Let's cover everything. Like, a lot of people don't know I like writing more than I like editing or or uh, talking. So we're we going to put the magazine out. We're still looking for a cover athlete. Um, and, you know, it, it's not necessarily the biggest player who we're going to look for. We're just looking to tell, we're looking to tell y'all stories, man. We want, we want to, um, we, we want to shed some light on, on, um, all the good kids that are out here. Um, all the people who are overcoming adversity, uh, you know, the kids who are putting in the work, um, cause you know, we didn't have a, now, I, I didn't tell y'all everybody can't come on the show, right? Everybody can't come on the show because, you know, we kind of reserve that for the elite the elite players. And, you know, that's not to say if we don't invite you, you're not elite. It's, it's a lot of players in the state of Michigan, and we only have so many episodes because we only do this once a week. But, you know, we're, we're kind of stingy with, with the, the podcast body. But as far as the magazine, man, we we want to tell y'all stories. Or if you know somebody with a story, man, hit us up. That that cover should be dropping sometime in mid-August. We'll we'll drop the cover, um, and, and you know we're gonna put it out. We're gonna do it. Um, everything you know we do, we we try to do it at a high quality. We try to do it big. You know, we try to put on for our state as, as good as possible. So this is just the beginning, man. I, I think. You know, some people say that that print media is dead, um, but I, I I know that the state will fall behind us, um, and, and they'll support the kids like they always do. Um, this isn't, you know, something for a major profit for us. I got a job, you know. <laughs> I got a job. I, I got. We both do. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to brag and say like I got money, but you know. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing well for myself. I'm not trying to exploit anything. I just want to put y'all on to a um, a bigger platform um, where you don't have to pay for it. Where you know you don't have to uh, get charged an arm and a leg for publicity. And um, you know it's fun. That's something you can keep. I still have all the newspaper clippings from when I you know when I made the newspaper when I was in high school. So. You know, a magazine, that's a keepsake, man. And, um, you know, that is, this is going to be the first edition of, of hopefully many um, trying to secure some bags, you know. Major bag alert. Oh, of course. <laughs> Major bag alert. But, you know, it, and I, I think, you know, as we start to wind down, um, I don't want people to, to take my – my comments about the 2018 class the wrong way. Um, I do feel like, you know, obviously it's top-heavy, 
but man, did we find some sleepers this year in the 2018 class? Like, I feel like I started to show off saying how um, coaching my team, I found I, I had some players who I felt like were slept on. Um, but it seems like everywhere we went, especially in the state, you saw a couple 2018s where you was like, oh, you can really rock. Oh, you can really play. And um, and that that's, that was huge to me. Because, um, like, like I said, um, you might have saw the, the test cover where I said the PSL is going to make a resurgence this year. The PSL actually has a good crop of 2018 players. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Jordan Lewis, it's hard to say she slept on. Um, but, I mean, as some people think she's the Miss PSL favorite. But when you look in the grand scape of things, um, it's not like she's a household name or anything. Um, and she kind of shows um, when top ten actually does play in Michigan. Um, she kind of shows that um, she she had that she had she had a lot of skill to her, you know, very versatile, which I already knew. Um, but the, the state as a whole might not have known because you know for the last few years she's um, you know she's played with Alicia Norman, she played with Tia Tedford. Um, before then, um, you know that King team is always loaded, and now it's her time. Um, to be that person, and um, you know, I, I think she's definitely a sleeper. Um, and man, you see me talk about her. I mean, y'all can call me biased if y'all want. I don't care. I don't care. Yes, she's my kid, but it, it doesn't make this statement less true. Uh, Vatine Garrett, I think, as just far as scoring, straight scoring ability, um. She's definitely one of the best in, in the city of Detroit. If you want somebody who's going to go get you a bucket. No, I totally agree. You need, if it's a few seconds left and, you know, I just need a bucket, I just need one. I don't know how I'm, I don't know how you're going to get it, but somehow you got to get it. Watson McGill is one of the people in the city that I will put on my list as the person I will go to in that situation. Man, like, and and a lot of it is natural. A lot of it is just really, really, really natural um, ability, and, and that's what I love about it. That that's why I mean, you know, the the kid is is five seven smooth. Um, out of CMA, um, and a lot of people you might say, oh, what, what's the big deal? CMA they they have a losing record. Um, listen, just like last year when we came back. And I, I told we sat here and we told you, listen, Jay Smith is is one of the best players in in the city, maybe one of the better players in the state. And she went out there and showed y'all. Hey, look out for look out for her. Um, and then this might be this might be a way too early hot take, um, but with the resurgence of the PSL, I think Renaissance makes its way back to the city championships. Mm. I think, but although that's a good prediction, and we do, you know, way too early predictions. Way too I early. Think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would agree with you, though. 
they have a, a, a huge influx of young talent coming in. A, a lot of talent. Um, and then sticking on the theme of, of 2018s in the city, I mean, and again, this is another one of my kids. I know I'm getting tired of it, whatever. But you look at Dayla Henderson, and, I mean, she's a 5'10 guard who just, just about does everything on the court. You know, she'll play point. You know, she'll post up. She'll get a hard rebound, and, sh- and she'll shoot the ball. She's a very willing shooter, um, and she has the footwork, too. You get somebody that composed with a already very composed young player uh, like uh, Kaylee Davis, um, who you know who I expect to run the point guard for a Renaissance. Um, obviously, did a great job of that in the summer league. I watched them play at Wayne State. Renaissance has a lot of talent, which I don't. It depends on how it gets drawn up this year. I don't know if I don't know. Say if they run into a Mumford, I don't know if Mumford can combat that. I, I think they could give King a run for their money if they if they need it. You know, if they meet it, if they met up like that. Hmm. That'd be an interesting matchup. I mean, here now here's the thing, and some people might have heard this. Um, it hasn't been confirmed, um, but, you know, obviously it's the chatter around the, around the way is that um, Coach William Winfield won't be coaching uh, the King Crusaders this year. Again, this hasn't been confirmed, but this is the chatter, um, and there's some reliable sources that, that's saying it. Um, and very uncharacteristically, we haven't seen King, um, you know, in any summer leagues, um, which, you know, Coach Winfield is is great with keeping his kids, um, you know, playing uh, when, when it's possible. So without him there, I, I don't want to say it like, you know, it's the end-all, end-all, be-all, but Without him, their king isn't really king to me. They have great players, but a lot of people don't realize the puppeteer. The puppeteer is a big part of the show. The person who pulls the strings is a really big part of the show, especially when talent gets matched. You know, so you know that that remains to be seen, and that's why we're saying this is a way too early uh, prediction. Um, but if the rumors are true, um, that that William Winfield won't be uh, the coach this year of uh, Martin Luther King Crusaders, um, I could see I could see Renaissance winning. Hmm. You right, if 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 Coach Winfield isn't coaching. That leaves a big question mark, and that's a mystery of how that King team is going to operate. You know, especially taking you know them taking a hit, losing not only their coach. If that's the case, they also lost two of their generals to graduation, and Alicia Norman 
Into your tethered. Four year staples in the program. So now it's a big mystery how this team going to operate. Because obviously it's not going to be the same team. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the only people who, who would think that it is like a King alumni, um, was you supposed to feel that way. True. But, but with all of that being said, this is the resurgence for the PSL. All of this is a perfect storm for for us to say, like, hey, PSL women's hoops. I don't want to say it's back, but it, it, it's making a, a, a long stride um, back um, and a step into the right direction. Um, if, P, if East English uh, capitalizes off of what they did last year um, and, and they go – you know, they, they take that step uh, back into the right direction. Um, you know, that that's tough. Uh, of course, Cody, um, you know, they they went undefeated in PSL play. Um, it'll be hard to repeat that. But, you know, they, they make that they make that step into the right direction. Um, you're looking at a dog fight. Um, CMA, like I said, I, I feel like Vontae Garrett can score with just about anybody. Um, in the city, you know, if if Coach waits in his second year, takes the right steps, um, which you know, talking to him, he's been uh, really, really uh, positive about what his team's doing. I, I've seen them in summer league play; um, they're really scrappy. That makes the PSL a real dog fight, and most of the problem with the PSL in those local schools is not actually the education. A lot of people be like, you know, parents just don't want to send those ki- their kids to those schools. That That's not completely the case. It's that parents don't want to send their, their kids to an average academic school and their team actually sucks. Let's just call a spade a spade. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams um, in the PSL that, in recent years just haven't been good. So if, if the local teams can get back to being good or respectable, you're going to see that talent stay in the city. You're not going to see that talent leave at, at such a high rate anymore. Um, and, I mean, obviously Renaissance, um, they're a school of choice, but, you know, they had a down year last year. But, you know, they they got some kids back in there, Um Obviously, like I said, CMA, that's, that's not a bad school academically. Nobody just, nobody's sending their kid to CMA for, for athletics, though. But that's part of building things up. And um, I, I see a lot of good things in the PSL's future. No, the PSL is definitely on its way back up and making that resurgence. You know, hopefully it can really um, – come back to the way, you know, it was, you know, as we remember when we were young, you know, you know, going to school in PSL and, you know, why going to games where, you know, we at South LA, but we're still heading to the city and watching games, you know, because we just enjoyed PSL basketball. It was at that point the best basketball was in the city. So hopefully we can, you know, it, it can turn back to that they can get back to that in the coming years because the talent is there. 
the talent is there, you know, watches, you know, some of these middle school games and, you know, what have you, and some of these middle school AAU teams, they, they, the talent is there. It's just that where are these kids going to go? And hopefully they stay in the city. De- definitely. It, it, the thing is, it's so much – it's so much better when kids go to their neighborhood schools. I, I've I've actually discussed this with Eric a few times. Um, I, you would see way less transfers if kids just went to their neighborhood schools, which that's harder that's harder done than you know it's easier said than done. Um, but I mean, realistically, you know, kids go to that school that's supposed to have this crazy team coming in, oh, so-and-so is going, so-and-so is coming, we're going to have a squad. That's all fine and dandy until so-and-so is better than you. And now you have to sit on the bench. Then you transfer to another school. But I've always felt like, and I'll, I'll continue to feel this way, and remind you, I can't give anybody advice about how to raise their kids. I don't even have a kid. So this isn't me sitting here saying, Darren saying, don't send your kids to a loaded team. No, do what's best for y'all because it works out for a lot of people. But if everybody goes to their neighborhood school and you get developed or you take serious, you take your craft as serious as you're supposed to, you don't, you don't see all these transfers. You don't, you know, you don't see those three freshmen go to, to that, that big-time school, and then two of those freshmen end up leaving. It just doesn't happen. And I feel like if we start embracing uh, the neighborhood schools um, more, um, then then you'll see a real turnaround. But on the flip side of that, the neighborhood schools got to get better. You know, I, I'm not – in some of these schools, I'm not, I'm not sending – I'm not sending my worst enemy's daughter to. Wow, that's saying a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, realistically, I'm not. Uh, some of these schools, I mean, it, it, it's still work to be done in the PSL, but I do feel like it's taking a step in the right way. Um, once parents, you know, think about uh, convenience, um, once they think about convenience, they think about, okay, well, if my kid is as good as I think they are, they're gonna they're gonna be good anywhere, right? Now that's not always the case, but if you're taking your kid's craft as serious as you're supposed to, and your kid is taking their craft as serious as they're supposed to, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to work. Not at all. For example, and I'm I'm going to use this kid um, as an example because she's one of ours. Um, Araya Powell, her team had had a losing record. Her high school team had a losing record. Um, and you know it's not the most ideal situation. Cass is no longer the most ideal situation for a lot of student athletes as far as girls basketball. Um, but you look at you look at all of the media coverage. You know, people are are saying that she's that one. 
Now, like I said, they haven't they haven't won a city. They haven't been to a city championship. They haven't been out of districts. But she's taking her craft serious enough. So where that recognition comes, and and she's probably going to end up being a Division One player. I mean, probably. You know, you just gotta you gotta know that. You know, y'all gotta y'all gotta put your trust in yourselves and bet on yourselves versus betting on uh, a program or a coach or you know anything. I'm always gonna bet on myself first. No, yeah, I mean, like, unless it's a situation where you feel like, okay, I'm not getting, I'm not improving. Here, I don't feel myself, you know, improving as a player or person or whatever at this school. Then, by all means, transfer. Find a better situation. Oh yeah. If, if you feel by yourself getting, if you feel yourself getting worse, then yeah. But uh, and this, and this was my original point. A lot of a lot of kids who go to those those schools that are supposed to be powerhouses. That's the reason they transfer. You know, so like I said, I can't tell anybody how to parent their kid because uh, I don't know. I have no idea, but I do know that um, I do know that if y'all start embracing your neighborhood high schools, you'll build a winning culture. You know, you you because I mean, even if you just want to talk pure winning, you look at teams from around the state. Like that aren't the powerhouses. That's one. They do it with neighborhood kids. They do it. They do it with neighborhood kids. Um, you look. You look at Class A the last couple of years. Cousin of Flushing. You know. None, none of those. None of those schools have been. None of those schools are recruiting schools. And I know recruiting is like that. That. Is the F word in in MHSAA world, <laughs> but um, you know, and I'm I'm saying all of this, but I'm I'm gonna be the main person uh, trying to get transfers and, and kids to come to my school when when I get that high school coaching job. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! But uh. <laughs> Can we edit that part out? Um, no, I don't think so. I, 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 I was really just sitting here like, okay, is he really saying this right now? Like, he's trying Can to shoot himself in the foot before, you know, he even has a job. Boy, they, boy, they about to play that, uh, that part back like, go. Got anything to say? And I'm going to email him back like, LOL. <laughs> but I mean, I mean seriously. I, I mean, you know, as, as we wind down, let's not act like recruiting does not happen. Let's stop acting like it's the worst thing in the world. And I'm gonna say it over and over again. And you know, we might not get credential next year, Eric. So you might have to pay the five dollars for every game. 
is whatever. Man, the MHSAA has to, man, the MHSAA has more things to worry about than a coach wanting a player and saying, hey, you should come here. If that's what y'all are, if that's what the MHSAA is worried about, there's, there's so many, there's so, they're so off base. Maybe they should worry um, that, you know, they, they hinder our kids' uh, opportunities. Maybe they should worry that once the prep schools start popping up in Michigan, they're no longer going to have premier athletes. They're going to start to lose money. And I know yes. that people think, I know that people think the MHSAA is a, a not-for-profit organization, but they're getting money. Somebody's getting money, and I don't know who it is, uh, but don't believe the hype when the MHSAA says, "Oh yeah, you know, we're not for profit. We're not profit." So is the NFL. I got, the NFL I got one thing to say to that. The NCAA, people, the NCAA claims to be a non-profit organization too. And we see how that is. The NFL is a non-profit organization. With all that being said, people, don't let the NHSA pull the wool over your eyes. They really just like having control of everything. And and at this point, it's it's sickening. I did a a thread on Twitter a few months ago um, where, where basically they explained um, they said that they didn't like for teams to fundraise uh, because that's a burden on on the community. What? <laughs> Since when is a charitable cause uh, a burden on the community? You're not you're a not for profit organization, so wouldn't that mean that you all would be taking donations as well? Right, but. But see, we we fall. It, this this is so loaded. I hate that I hate that I get trapped in, into this discussion every time. But we fall so deep into the. And I get it. I want to rep for my school. I want to rep for my community. But we fall so deep into that that we're not even we're not even realizing that that's exploitation. Now everybody cries about the AAU season and. Well, we got to pay twenty dollars to get in, and and all of this. It's not even. Pretty soon, you're gonna see kids start to skip the high school season altogether. If we're gonna be honest about it, because yeah. the benefit of playing high school is is wearing off now. It's during the it's during the women's season, so coaches can't even recruit like they usually do. Now, of course, it does benefit some people. I'm not going to say it's useless. But you're going to see top prospects like, yeah, I'm good on high school. Because the MHSA is exploiting them. I can't travel anywhere to play if we're that good, which we've had, we've had many teams that are that good in the last few years. I can't, Still even, travel, I can't even travel to a state where – I can even travel to a state where I'm allowed to play in and play a team that is in a different state that I'm not allowed to play in. So we meet up in Chicago and say, let's play here. I can't even do that. Is that a – that's No. It's a burden on my community. And even more to that evil, 
they're not even allowed to come here. So we can't say, well, just come to Michigan. The MHSA won't allow it because it's outside of their, quote, unquote, jurisdiction. And we're the only state that has that rule. Ohio can go wherever they want to. Illinois can go wherever they want to. Wisconsin can go wherever they want to. It's it's a few states with with the rule um, right now still. But I will say this. Don't think that's because, you know, they're concerned about your kids being a student first. No, that's because of money. That's because they can't get paid from you going to, you know, to to different places. Because the MHSAA is part of the NFHS. S. Yeah, National Federation of High School Sports. So, it all of that and that, and that in itself is is another money grab. So, long story short is, don't get caught up in in trying to appease you know for playing for one person or, or one thing. Because listen, all of this is a money grab. I, you know, you see about ten articles a year talking about how AAU is bad, um, and it exploits colleges, it exploits, um, it exploits uh, the players. I, I, I feel like the players, the players have a reward from it. Now, is it somebody making money off of that? Yes, but nobody's ever questioned what the MHSAA does with their money. Nobody's ever questioned that. And it makes you wonder, there's somebody getting paid. And and if they're getting paid and they really don't have an overhead, what I mean, what expenses does the MHSAA really have? I mean, and that's a real question. I'm not, you know. I can admit that I really don't know, but I would imagine it's not that much. They're bringing in, they're bringing in money. Nobody's ever questioned that. But we can write a million articles about, oh man, scouting services charge colleges, Division One colleges who make millions of dollars off of athletics a year, mind you. They're charging them five hundred dollars for a book. Well, colleges make. Millions off of students who don't get paid. Kind of seems like a cycle. But which one pays off yeah. for? Something to think about. I mean, the thing about it is that I don't see why nobody else has stepped up to the plate and said this openly. Like, people hint at it, whisper about it, but they don't really come out and say anything. I know a few people, but not everyone. I mean, the only and we can complain all we want to. We can really complain all we want about how bad this system is, and it's very bad. But nothing's going to happen if we, not just me and Darren or me, Darren, and the other few people that openly talk about this, no, we as a state 
don't use our power to say, hey, this is wrong. We're going to have to make a move to to escape this or to change this or to rectify this. We're, <laughs> we're that, if that doesn't happen, then nothing's going to change. Nothing Listen, at all. I I just got done talking about how the 2018 class isn't as deep as 17. Um, and you got a few prospects who probably could play Division One if they got to a different part of the state because, I mean, realistically, I mean, a different part of the country, but realistically, college coaches, especially the mid-majors, stay in their area. Realistically, I'm just saying if, if, like I said, everybody's not that good to travel, everybody's not going to try to travel. So you're creating a rule that's only hindering maybe 1% of your total schools seems a little bit odd, right? But say hypothetically that 1% can go to um, a Texas or a Tennessee or they can go to a Virginia or a New York, then then we're looking at it totally different. We're we're yeah. we're looking at it. To- we're looking we're looking at the 2018 class totally different, and um, this seems to have been my my soapbox point for the last two years. But it, it kind of gets worse for me every year because, like I said, the 17 class they weren't really hurting for offers. They they weren't hurting for offers, but when you see an 18 class and you see kids who can really play, and you see city kids who can play, but probably just can't get out, out there with their AAU teams. You know, their AAU teams don't go everywhere. Every every AAU team isn't like the crossover, the storm, one nation, the mystics, uh, even uh, the drive. There's, there's a lot of AAU teams who still have to stay local because it costs. All of that costs. But so in their high school season, they can't even go get looks. They're fighting for the same six or seven looks that's in the state. That I I I don't want to go this far, but that's that is a form of oppression. If if you want to be honest, if you want to go deep and be honest about it, that's that's definitely a form of, of oppression and keeping uh, keeping kids locked in. Um, to where they're at, and listen, I, I think that's that is egregious. I always say this: I've had conversation, I've had conversations with college coaches, and other people who tell me the same conversations that they've had with college coaches, and they always say, "Well, and this is coaches outside of the Midwest." who say, well, we really don't recruit Michigan kids as hard as we probably should because we know that they're just going to end up staying in the Midwest. And I always say, well, that's because we're not allowed to travel, so that's all these kids know. So all we see is Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, and no offense to those schools at all, but that's all we see, Purdue. Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, Big Big Ten, Mac, and your and your occasional Big East. You know, like it's 
But and here's here's the thing about it, and, and this this is this is I mean really a good talking point um, to open up our our new season of the podcast. And I wish we would have asked Jeff about this because me and Jeff um, was actually in a conversation with with a coach um, from a I won't say a yeah it's a prominent school out west. It's a very well known school out west. And um, they basically said the same thing. Um, they said the same thing that that you just said, but it's weird because they inquired with with me and Joe. They was like, "Hey, where did so and so from your team end up going? We saw them when we saw them when you came out here. Now they didn't offer the kid that they was wondering about where they went, but they was like, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> they asked, where did, where did she go? Well, you know, she went to a high major school. Whoa, whoa. And, um, and then, you know, we like, well, what you need in the 19 or 18 class? You know, <laughs> you know we going to plug ours, right? <laughs> but the coach then says to me and says to Jeff, um, well, you know, we don't waste our time recruiting kids who who we aren't sure that that they'll leave that area. But the thing, and this is moving away from the MHSAA hindering us. This is now this is holding college coaches accountable. How how do you know a kid won't go there? How could you like a kid enough? For after you you know she graduated, this is a whole summer later. That they saw her in July of 2016. They inquired in early July of 2017 about where she went. How could you like a kid that much? A whole calendar year later, you were you you were just wondering, and you don't offer, you don't recruit. Now that's that's nutty in itself to me. That is, that is, and we all and Jar, you know, Jarvis Mitchell, you know, head coach, Wayne Memorial, director of One Nation, always says, you know, be different, do something different, do something out the box. Well, as a coach that has to recruit, or the program that has to recruit, to try and get better, wouldn't you want to hmm, go recruit a kid from a different region, from a different coast? Because and, and everybody and else is recruiting certain other regions. And, and let me tell you this. <laughs> the school that contacted me, they're, they're well known. They're nowhere near a powerhouse. They're nowhere near a, you know, a, a team where you like. Let me, uh, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I, I just, I need this offer. So, y'all should be offering like you're a max school, and if you don't take it, guess what? If you're not interested, then guess what? We didn't offer twenty more people. I, I just couldn't imagine seeing a kid where I'm that wild that I'm still thinking about her a year later and I didn't offer or even attempt to recruit her. That is insane. 
Eric, that's, that's nuts. That's ridiculous. That's all. That's all right. Nuts. I mean, you look at take we all and we and me and Darren always say we always say on Twitter, you know, win your state, win your state, win your state, which you have to do, which you absolutely have to do. Hence UConn, hence South Carolina, the only two national champions in the last few years. His, his Central Michigan, who's probably going to win the MAC this, this upcoming year and make the tournament. Well, that's but, if a freak accident doesn't happen in the MAC tournament. We'll talk more about again. that. <laughs> <laughs> but say all that to say, yeah, win your state. But if you see somebody from another region that you like, that you're enamored with, wild by. Why not offer? That could be the kid Eric, that turns your program around. Eric, when we get off the air, I'm going to tell you what, what college it was. And trust me, they're not winning their state at all. I mean, I mean, I'm just to be realistic, it, it's it's almost impossible for them to win their state. You have to take a Clemson approach. Um, you have you have to it's take. Funny a, you say that. I was thinking the same thing. Right. You have you have to take a, a Marquette approach. You have you have to take, you know, a, an approach like them. Clemson knows we're not getting anything out of the Carolinas. So, you've been if you've been paying attention over the last few years, they've been at LBI events. They've been at um, Clemson walked into a random Cousineau game um, a few years ago. They are they are leaving and they're going to get it because. I know for sure what this program is doing here and who this program is. I can't I not that I can't. I'm just not in a position with my program right now to win the state. I'll be right back. Let me go get some killers y'all don't know about. But I mean again, is it one way to recruit and one way to build your team? No. It's a lot of ways you can skin the cat. But I do know one thing for sure, and if there's any trend that you can point to, there is not a national championship team in any sport, in any sport you can name, that did not win their state recruiting. There's not one. Not not in the last not in the last thirty forty years. Is is, is that to say that their best player is from their state? No. But that's definitely to say that they don't let the best players routinely lead their state. And and that's and if you all pay attention to some of the things I say on Twitter, um, and this is kind of a preview for what we're going to be doing tomorrow, that's why I've always been so critical of Michigan. Not because I'm an Ohio State fan. Oh, no. I have always been critical of Michigan's women's basketball team because they just started recruiting players from Michigan. They're they're going into their sixth year. This, this Think is, so. This Think is the six, sixth. Five or six. Five or six. You're going into your fifth or sixth year, and you've, you're on your second kid from Michigan. That's 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 terrible. You you're you are the University of Michigan. And then so many people wonder why Susie Merchant is so far ahead of them and why Central Michigan isn't that far behind um, Michigan. 
Central Michigan had did they go to the tur- yeah they went to the tournament that year. Uh, Crystal Bradford went number four, right? Yes, yeah, they actually went to the tournament twice out of I think no three out of her four years at Central. So Central Michigan, Central Michigan has more tournament appearances this decade in the last decade than the University of Michigan does, and nobody sees anything wrong with that. Listen, I'm not I'm not one to rip anybody down or call for anybody to be fired, but that's not acceptable for a university like the University of Michigan. And 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 I'm going to be honest, I'm not one of these people who just try to prove my point. I do think the University of Michigan did enough last year where they should have been they should have been a team that at least had a play-in game for the tournament. At least. But they weren't. So being realistic, if you pay attention, Central has done a better job recruiting than the University of Michigan has. And and if you want to debate that, we can do that. You know, if, if there's somebody out there who wants to who wants to debate is Central right now a better recruiting school in women's basketball than the University of Michigan? I can, without a doubt, say they are. I don't have to think yeah, about they it. Are. I can say. I can say fully. You look at, let me look at their classes for 17. I think Central's class of 17 may be, is probably maybe deeper than Michigan's outside of Baser Church. Well, I mean, if you we're talking deeper, about, so you said deeper, so I agree. I mean, Deja Church, that's very top heavy. She's a she's the best player out of any player you know who would be mentioned between the two classes. But when you look at it as, in the whole, as a whole, Central Central had the seventeen their seventeen class locked up for a while. They had their seventeen class yeah. locked up two years ago. And, yes, they did. Uh, and, and they were that for the last few years. A while, yeah, like a really long while. So, so that's if that's not winning, that's not that's not beating out the other competition in your state. I don't know what is to have. Five, what is it? Four players committed. Before the start of the junior year, yeah, and I think I think those players, um, honestly, I, I feel like they could have maybe went bigger if they wanted to. Yes, but see that you know, but but um, you know, like I said, you you just gotta you gotta pay attention to things. I me personally. I feel like the University of Michigan doesn't have to do a lot to get kids. Hey, we're the University of Michigan. Treat them right. Treat them like any other college would. But look at our alumni base. Look at what we can do. And this is coming from somebody who, if if you're following me, you know I troll the University of Michigan. I live to do that. But realistically, it's an easy job to recruit to. So when I see you not getting those type of kids or that that caliber of, of players, or the best players in Michigan, 
I feel like you're not trying. I feel like you're just kind of throwing your hand at it. Yeah. I mean, there's no way other coaches should be asking. Um, Did we lose Eric again? Eric. No, I'm still here. Okay, you said there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no reason. There's other no way. Be asking what? Excuse me, I, you you broke up for a second. I said you said there's no no reason uh, other college should, should be asking what. Okay, there's no other way. There's no way other coaches from other states, not college coaches, but high school coaches and AAU uh, directors and coaches, should be asking us. Well, why doesn't Michigan kids stay in Michigan? And we shouldn't be saying, well, they don't recruit their kids as heavy, which is a problem. Uh, that, the, that one high major school does, and the mid majors do, but not the actual. I know that. I know they were pretty slow. I know they were pretty slow to offer. Uh, 2020 kids in the state of Michigan um, and just kind of threw out some 2020 offers um, out of state. And listen, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job because you're a professional, you know, um, because I am smart enough to know um, that they do listen to our show. But um, also, I will will say that – Recruits recruits pay attention to that. And if you're going to be serious about recruiting the state, that's not a good look. Not at all. Not at all. And I'm, I, I low-key root for them because they're in home, they're in-state school. I'm from the – obviously, we're both from and live in Michigan, whatever. I've never rooted for the University of Michigan. Never will. But I do hope the kids that go there, um, you know, do well and become successful in life. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do look forward to the Buckeyes beating them twice a year, every year. <laughs> and I look forward to the Spartans beating them twice a year. But I still want them to do well. And the fact uh, that just, just on some home state pride. That's uh, what it. Uh, I don't know. If they get <laughs> if y'all know they're either Ohio State, you know, red and uh what is it, silver, Scarlet, gray, whatever. Scarlet and gray. Okay, he's scarlet and gray through and through. But I'm not I'm not we're not talking about this just to down Michigan. This is not a Spartan slash South Carolina fan just dogging, you know, on some fan stuff. It's not a Buckeye fan just dogging. No, we're just just speaking truthful opinions and things that we see. You can talk to anybody else in the women's. You can talk to anybody else in the women's basketball community, um, in the state of Michigan, and they would tell you the same exact things we're telling you.
the only difference is we're tasked with um, being forthright with it um, because of our duties as broadcast journalists. Um, so I ain't told no lies. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not told a single lie um, about them. I feel like the University of Michigan is, is a great institute. Um, if you, you know, if you want to get into the academics, and, and you, you know, but you know, I just feel like their way of going about it hasn't been um, the best for our, the our kids in Michigan. And you know, but we're gonna get more into that tomorrow um, when we talk NCAA and WNBA. Um, you got any final thoughts, Eric? Um, you really just, as I always do, thank I'm thanking everybody that support us, that listens, that watch the mixtapes. You know, thank like thank you for all the support. For even throughout the summer, we've been off, quote unquote. And y'all still ask, you know, when is the show going? We love the show and things that we, you know, we, we we want to see more of y'all. We want to hear more of y'all. You know, the, the, the overwhelming support. Thank you so much for that, and. Also, thank you to One Nation, you know, for, you know, help, you know, giving me the opportunity, you know, to, to coach and do what I love doing. Not only do I love doing, you know, broadcasting, I love coaching too. So, you know, thank you to, you know, Jarvis and June Mitchell, um, you know, all my hearts. Congrats to them on the, on the wedding in the house and everything. And, you know, thank you to Omar Ahars, Stephon Wade, Anthony Brown, everybody, Keisha Webster, everybody involved. Thank you. I, I just really want to thank Man. everybody. And thank you to my brother, Darren, as well. You're my, you're my, my brother, my man. Thank you, dog. Man, Eric said it all. Um, I want, hey, uh, I really want to thank my kids, man, um, the kids I coach. Man, I love every single one of y'all. Um, man, it, it, it was a, a crazy summer uh, for a lot of head coaching experience that I gained. Um, so shout out to Jonah Jarvis, um, my my brother-in-law and my sister. Um, man, shout out to shout out to all the AAU programs. I feel like they really embrace us. Um, I feel like a few years ago, if we would have came out like this. Um, you know, a lot of AAU programs kind of back away because they're like, well, y'all coach these kids, so I know y'all going to be biased. So shout out to y'all for realizing, you know, we really in it. Uh, we, If your kid can play, if your kid is good, um, we, we out here and we publicizing everybody. Um, but, again, um, everybody that, that Eric thanks, that, that doubles down uh, with me. Y'all know that. Um, but, again, special shout-out to my kids, Vontane, Dalen, uh, Amani, uh, Gigi, Jemiah. Can I name them all? Can I name them all? Um, BB, Serena, Lexi, Martesia, uh, Mariah. That's all of them. Shout-out to all of y'all. I love y'all. And, um, yeah, I, I'm glad to be back on the air, man. And until tomorrow, we'll see y'all. I got one, one more. We got time for one more. I got one more. So. One more. Yo, I'm trying to shoot at 
Miss, you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna just pass the ball on this one, dog. I'm gonna just pass the ball, bro. I'm gonna just pass the ball to the wow. I'm gonna just pass the ball. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we out, man. <laughs> <laughs>